Hello? I got your hot biscuits. Oh, and your breakfast. And your breakfast, too. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we talk about Dallas. My name is Mary. And I'm Sarah. I'm Josh, holding this J.R. Ewing bourbon here. <laughs> and I'm Melanie. And tonight, we have some very special guests. Uh, well, hi, I'm Charlene Tilton. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies first, and I'm Lee McCloskey-Mitch. <laughs> Yay, we're Yay! so excited to have you all here. Welcome. Yay! Yes, and they are here tonight because... Tonight, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 12, The End of the Road, Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Will you marry me? Let's have a drink and talk about where we go from here. Acapulco? Hawaii? Now that your Ray Krebs is running South Fork, Gary will never be back. I'll never forgive you for what you've done to him. I'm married. Not we all. So, the real JR has finally come home. It was written by (laughs) Leonard Katzman, directed by Irving J. Moore, and aired January 23rd, 1981. And. Holy. Okay. Yeah, that's a good 40 years ago. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was six. <laughs> yes, six years old. Six years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm here quickly, didn't I? was five. This was actually the week of my fifth birthday, so let you know. Uh, it's the week before my birthday, Mary. You know it's next week. Mine's, we mine was in that. September. but uh, uh, This, I wasn't this episode born. actually ranked Shut number up, two. For, this actually, episode ranked number two for the week with a 36-4 rating. And it was the first time that the show was not number one for the week. And Monty Markham made his debut. And he's been on Baywatch. uh, Golden Girls. Yep, Six Million Dollar Man, Melrose Place. And, well, we'll just get right into it, I guess. Yeah. All right. So do you want to talk about, like, what's happening kind of in the other parts of the episode, Josh? Summarize the non yeah. and Mitch parts? Yeah, I'll fly through that. Okay, so in part one, Bobby was caught in a moral dilemma, wanting to honor his contract with Brady York to get the $12 million to pay Jordan Lee. JR continues to plot with Luella between the sheets. Meanwhile, Pam is avoiding Alex Ward, who is actually kind of a sleazy guy for going after a married married woman. He's totally hitting on her all the time. Yeah. Um, Can you blame her? Look at Victoria. I mean, hello. <laughs> I know, right? 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 But She's gorgeous. You got Liz Craig right there. And Bobby's there. actively ignoring her. JR and Sue Ellen are flying along pretty well. They're, they're kind of like Boris and Natasha on crack as they're all, they're all turned on by Bobby's uh, troubles because JR wants to get back to the top of the heap. And, and Sue Ellen loves when JR's bad. Yes. Loves it. Yeah. Who played Alex Ward? Joel Fabiani, who went on to Dynasty. Meanwhile, uh, Dave Culver's campaign is taking aim at the Takapa Project. And Lucy has ulterior motives for uh, having Donna come to the wedding because she thinks that Donna and Ray belong together. I am. Solid. Yeah. Because Donna is dating Cliff at this point. Right. And I totally forgot about that (laughs) until I rewatched it. I did too. 
And like, that's really encapsulates what's going on. Do, Good Lord, Donna dated Cliff. Everyone dated it. Oh, this is just one. Yeah, it's all. Like, almost like a soap opera. <laughs> what? I, almost. I always wanted to see Lu- <laughs> see if Lucy and Cliff had any. Uh... <laughs> uh, well, it'd be better you than know? Lucy and Ray. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Call me her name. <laughs> didn't wasn't it, wasn't it Lucy at the roller rink during his election thing? Oh, oh, that's right. Remember the, yep. the Rainbow Suspenders? This was like yeah, two yeah. seasons ago. We were like, we love the suspenders. With you, you and uh, <laughs> Carlene Crockett, Muriel. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that is that, and let's get right into All the. Right. All right, so we're going to okay, get into so their scenes, right? Yeah. Let me share the screen. Charlene and Lee, were there any? Was there anyone on the show that you didn't have particular scenes with Chemistry? that you wish you had had an opportunity to work with more? Uh, I, I certainly for me, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought Patrick and Larry were quite extraordinary. Patrick and who? And Larry, Larry. I just oh. there was, you know, there was, there, it was quite. Uh, it was very. It was it, that type of dynamic was great fun, but you know. Um, Can you guys hear this one? Yeah, it's. Mitchell, you're really being stupid. I mean, what'd they do that was so terrible? They don't care what I want. They were trying to buy me. Did it occur to you they might have been thinking about Lucy's happiness? You can't blame them for wanting the Lee's best hair. Her, just like I would for after. <laughs> and I don't see what you think is so wonderful about this crummy apartment of yours anyway. Afton, I don't think it's wonderful, but I can afford it. Now, all I'm saying it's a lovely is I think that Lucy and I ought to live on what we can afford, not the Ewing's money. Well, we all lived all right on what Daddy could afford. Oh, sure. We did just fine. We did so fine the day after he died, I had to go out and get a job to keep the two of you alive. Now, listen, your pa was a fine man, but he didn't have a chance. Mom. Now, don't you think that he wouldn't have taken the help if he had had the offer? Mitch, it is no disgrace to be poor. But on the other hand, there's no reason to be proud of it either. Now, I'm not saying that I'm proud of it. I just believe that I'm right. Well, maybe for once you ought to think of somebody besides you. Have you thought about what Lucy might want? What might be best for Lucy? Now, I agree. I agree. You shouldn't take that job. You should stay in medicine. But Mitch, please, go back. Marry Lucy. If the condo goes along with her, is it really that bad? <laughs> just take it. Just take it. And First of all, what we were talking about last time was that you know if if you don't have a mortgage or rent to pay, cool. Like, but money so, doesn't buy happiness. Uh, Lee, I think you you should have listened to your Mitch should have listened to his mama. Haven't you thought about what Lucy wants? Haven't you thought about what's best for Lucy? Come on. And I love the hair, by the yes. way. The hair was so good. Love it. So obviously love we, it. we have uh, Anne Francis and Audrey Landers in that scene. How? Oh, talk Anne talk about Anne Francis. Anne was um, and Audrey, I, I thought, were both quite marvelous uh, just scene partners. Um, and I had known because, you know, I sort of grew up seeing things with her in it. So it was interesting to uh, work with her. And then Audrey, I, I really 
I just very much enjoyed her and thought she was a um, just a special special lady. So it was all good. I you know, and I'm I'm sort of it's life uh, in a sense leads you where it all becomes a type of collage. But I do remember that I enjoyed working with them. And I was very frustrated with some of the material because I agree with you. It was like I did get a little tired of Lucy. I don't want your money, and um, I hope you would evolve into something. Maybe I would take a little of the money and get get you know tainted somehow and drawn into you know. But but it uh, uh, it's it's uh, especially nowadays. He's he's a bit righteous. <laughs> I'm- I really would have thought they would have went and made a storyline, like you said, of this, like kind of, even if it's just kind of separate or I don't know, I, but looking back. Well, you know, a person that's righteous and in a sense puts themselves above, like I'm right, mm-hmm. is in a way when you're creating a character, that's the character you want to see fall from their own pride. You know, in a sense, become that which they thought they would never be because they were better than that. But, right. you know, I mean, it just there was so many different directions. But as we know, with with all of these things, it really depends on where they <laughs> the writers think, oh, this is. A, and uh, so now it is you all see how philosophical and smart and brilliant Lee is, which he was back then, too. So he did all this stuff. I just showed it to the set, hit my life, hit my life, and hit my life. Now that I'm older, what you're saying makes so much sense. Now I get it. Gosh, I wish we could retake the whole thing. No. So how, okay, so how old, Lee, how old were you, like, in this season, um, like, when you were filming this? So that was, what, 81? Um, 81. Was, yeah, so I was... Sorry, I hate math on the spot. <laughs> like, uh, 26, 26 years old. 26? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Was one of, I yes, I was 26. And Charlene, and then, how old were you? I, I was, I I, but I, I was married already. And, you um, were, um, you married, were married to the, your beautiful Carla, who is also just as gorgeous and intelligent and thoughtful um, as, as Lee is. I mean, I just yeah. always remember Carla, your your. You know, your beautiful wife is just being so brilliant and lovely and, and kind. Your whole oh. family. I remember Lee being on the set. You were reading these big, thick books on astronomy <laughs> and things like this. And I'm a voracious reader, but I certainly could cannot read while I'm filming. I just I can't read a book while I'm working on a set. So. Yeah. And what, what was your process to get into character, Charlene, when you showed up did you isolate yourself did you go over lines did you mingle no 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 no. i just i knew from the beginning of of the description originally of lucy was that she was a manipulative little sex pot born with a silver spoon and has everything that money could buy but jr uh drove her mother and father away but having never known my own father, I'd never even seen a picture of him. And my mother being in and out of mental institutions and being raised in foster home, I knew that was the crux of Lucy. Not the trappings, not the Ewing oil, not the money. I knew what drove Lucy was really um, wanting to fill that void, wanting that love and that attention. And 
Lucy went around trying to find it with different men. And, and when Lucy found Mitch, I, I don't know if you remember this, Lee, the, the first time that Lucy and Mitch meet, Lucy is stumbling out of the nightclub drunk. And, and mm-hmm. Mitch yeah, is right. the, the valet. The valet, yep. And he grabs my keys and puts me in a taxi. And that was, you know, one of the first times that I think Lucy saw somebody without one an ulterior motive right doing something to take care of her mm. and without wanting anything and um so I, I i you know and then the first time you see lee's gorgeous face i remember leonard katzman <laughs> saying oh my gosh wait till you meet lee mccloskey he is so handsome and he was and he still is so. well that was one of my questions you know sometimes you have an immediate um I don't know if chemistry is the right word, but once you, you know, met each other, did everything just flow? You know, like, did you have chemistry acting together on and off screen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did you work well together and you enjoyed, you know? Yeah, you know, and I don't know, Charlene, would you agree? Because what is very interesting is that every time when you have a screen relationship, and it's interesting that you were talking about your character and how you saw from her interior, in a sense, what was motivating her, not the outer trappings, but this inner need. And it's interesting about the relationship that uh, comes in terms of the characters you're playing and the qualities of um, uh, the difference between uh, Charlene and I, um, as she said, we came from very different backgrounds. And and I found it very interesting because it was always, in a way, how do you try and, and, and in a sense, explore this with, truly with your scene partner, meaning where, where, where is this relationship that you've been cast into going to take you? And, and I really always found it... Um, uh, very interesting. It was. It, it was more. Uh, my my frustration had more to do with the limited um, uh, dialogue between us than our work together as actors. Because mm-hmm. I really admired Charlene and thought she was wonderful, given half a chance. And I felt that oftentimes our work, our scenes, were given a half a chance. They weren't really. They weren't as. I think if they had layered us more and, and created more nuance, I think that there could have been really a blossoming of. Of, in a sense, exploring more about what drove uh, Charlene's character. Yeah, you know, I and think also so a transformation of my character away from being uh, so so judging mm-hmm. of uh, you know, in a sense, and controlling. What What do you think brought them together? Because Lucy's coming from money, and opposites attract. I think he wanted to take care of her, but I almost feel like that's where uh, Charlene. Tell me if you, you know, but I, but that he, be, in a way, he wants to take care of her in ways that are his conditions. You know, he's not really listening to her needs. He's saying, "This is what wow. I need you to do." So he's imposing on her. He's not really freeing her. So if if and, she, and I think that was the frustration. If she went out and got a job on her own and earned money separate from the Ewings. Would that have been a bad thing? Lucy did. Lucy did. Lucy tried to become a waitress at the hot biscuit. At the hot biscuit. Hello? I got 
got your hot biscuits. Oh, and your, <laughs> and your breakfast, too. <laughs> We're going to go on a field trip and find the hot biscuit. <laughs> I was like, and if y'all, and I'm not expecting you to say yes to this, but if y'all have not already listened to some of the earlier episodes that we recorded um we can get a little nasty sometimes when we're oh talking about God. stuff so <laughs> and it's usually me sorry <laughs> my mom was like please be nice on me or i'm like mother <laughs> anyway. okay so so wait uh one more thing before we move into the maybe the next scene but um charlotte we've we've heard stories about your audition process and how you got the role what about uh if you want to touch on that and lee how did you come into the show or hear about it or the auditioning process and was it word of mouth or yeah i was very fortunate because i was at that part in one's career where people are offering you opportunities and i was offered a job they uh, they brought uh, barbara Miller, I think, was the casting person in Lamar. And I had done a, a short-lived series uh, called Married the First Year, actually the year I was married in 78. And we made four episodes for Lorimar, which also then produced uh, Dallas. And, and um, so they knew me, and uh, they had always uh, admired my work. And uh, then they came in, and they just, uh, in a way, they told me the, the breakdown of the story and that they were excited because they wanted to move toward a type of youth orientation and to really take the show where they developed the relationship between Charlene and I. And, um, and so, and I, I was, um, I, I didn't uh, know. And then uh, uh, they, you know, they said uh, they made it sound very interesting. And um, I, I was coached to say yes. And I did. And um <laughs> And I'm glad I did. It's it's part of the. Lee, had you, Lee, had you seen any episodes of Dallas before? Had you seen? Were you familiar with the show? I really wasn't, uh, I, and that's that's why I. Well, I, listen. I'll come over and I'll show all the. I'll, I'll show you the first three seasons for you and Carla. I'll have yes. a martini and a cigarette. It'll be like Sunset Boulevard. Oh my gosh, she sounds like me and martini and a cigarette. Oh, and I'll show you Lee. This is yeah. when I was young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You and Carla yeah. can watch Beautiful. And you, can, you can watch that, that great episode with you and Greg Evigan riding in the shag van across the country. Oh, Lord, yes. Oh, my God. That van scared me a lot. I'm sure you've all done the match. Charlene, how many men did you have on the show? <laughs> a lot. Josh, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, so, far, I, so far, we've counted I'm like three or four. Somebody right? had to have, uh, probably figure that one out. Like Lucy would know. Work. A Blanche Devereaux you know. answer. Many, 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 many. Oh, many, many, Charlene, you, you saw Greg a couple years ago at the uh, uh, autograph I show. Did. and I remember uh, messaging Mario and saying, Get a photo of them two together again because the fans would love to see uh, Lucy with her kidnapper. Well, we did that little video. We did that video. Yes, I have that on my uh, on my phone somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to the next scene? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm literally just scrubbing through this episode, so. Um. So you got Bobby and stuff, and I think Connie had the hots for Bobby. Oh, look. Cute. 
<laughs> Did you keep any of your outfits? Lucy? No. I thought you'd be studying. I couldn't keep my mind on it. I didn't think anything could take your mind off of it. Well, it didn't seem quite so important today. Well, it ought to. The way you are about taking jobs, you'd better Whoa. study real hard. Now, look, listen. You're talking about J.I.'s job. I'd starve to death before I took that. Or uh, anything else from the Ewings? Yeah, that's right. Or anything else from the Ewings. As a matter of fact, I can't even stand the name. Well, it's my name, too. Oh, girl. <laughs> I love it. It wouldn't have to be, not if you married me. Well, you'd be related to the Ewings. Well, you can't have everything. And the condo? All right, the condo. For a while, but no house and no job. Not until we can afford it. So? Aww. Will you marry me? Jump in! Of course! Yes! Aww. Aww. I just got chill bumps. I know. Oh, one more week and no more this to you. I love that scene. Kendall doesn't have a pool like that. (laughs) Now, that was obviously on the soundstage back in... California one, at that point. one thing about our uh, podcast is we have a Dallas drinking game on our podcast. And one <laughs> of the things you have to drink for is if someone gets pushed into the pool. So drink, <laughs> <Okay>. drink. <laughs> we'll drink on your behalf. Right. I'm almost finished. <laughs> I know. My Egyptian licorice tea. <laughs> that works. That's, that I love licorice fancy. tea. It is. licorice tea. What do you have What's there, that? Lee? He's, Lee, he's, he's still muted. He's muted. <laughs> Oh, you're muted, Lee. You're muted. Gatorade. You say Gatorade. Ooh, there you go. Yes. Yeah, Lee's yeah. hitting the hard Gatorade stuff. Gatorade zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the zero. There's no sugar in it. The other stuff, exactly. there's so much sugar in it, it can blow off That's the right. top of your head. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Lee, you know what's interesting that you had said, though? You When when they brought you into the show and, they, and you said they wanted to um, you know, focus on the younger demographic because Lucy was the the one that single-handedly kept the younger handed you know the younger demographic in but and so they brought you in but they did nothing with us you know I mean, they did nothing with us and honestly support I, I was talking to the the people that they, they said you and i received more mail than anybody do you know and and, wow. and it just they just didn't know what to do with us and it was really unfortunate I feel like they didn't know how to they, they didn't know how to write for young people on the show unfortunately no because right. i sound like something out of the 40s I'm one of those irritating men out of the 40s that is, when my wife is there, I'm not, she's not going to have a job. And she's going to be at home <laughs> with the children. There's going to be oh one boy. breadwinner in the family. I mean, you go, oh my God, how As we say get, it in the South, she's going to be you're fucking in, pregnant. Well, that, yeah, it's like even in the 80s, that's a bit arcane. Uh, it's just, you know, right. it's almost like I do think that they were writing me. In a sense, they were trying to create a character in the conflict between us and make it about money. And it really, I think that was the problem. It didn't have the depth of it wasn't. It couldn't be about that. And if it was, it wasn't really interesting. Do you know, because in a sense, people tuned into the show to watch rich people and their shenanigans. Do you know, you and know in what, a way, Pam had the same thing, too, where Bobby didn't want Pam to work at the store. He wanted to. Exactly. Right. 
And he got pissed every time she would go off. Yeah, but you know, it's, you know, Lenny, Lenny, right? He was my dad's age. Do you know? So, so you know, they grew up in the Second World War. A lot of like my, my dad was born in 1912. You know, a lot of the these people that you know they were writing in the 80s and directing in the 80s, but they were really from. We had directors, if you remember, uh, that really had a connection to the golden age of Hollywood. Do you know, yes. we had uh, Vincent Sherman, and you know, he'd done you know uh, movies with Betty Davis and Errol Flynn. You know, so there was this bridge. It was a very interesting time because it was sort of the last of the of the great, you know, sort of those that still were connected to the golden age of Hollywood. But I think a lot of them, you know, that that the thing about Dynasty, about Dallas was that you look at it and and the plots have almost a a ring of, of something of the 50s. Do you know, in a sense, the values of, of women in this way and men in this way and the tension between them being uh, about the character rather than something that's actually, let's resolve this. You know, it's sticking you know what's interesting, though, you saying that with our uh, <clears throat> the climate in the world right now, the our political and, and uh, cultural climate, I, I, because Dallas is on Amazon Prime now, so... Since, since the pandemic, Dallas is being watched worldwide by kids that weren't even born when we, when I was on, you know, filming the show, and people are revisiting it. So I started watching it, and I, I'm up to like season three. I just I'm not watching it every day, but I will tell you this though: what you just said, Lee, it still holds up, even in today's climate. It I'm watching it. And it's such a good show. Larry Hagman's performance as Jr. consistently is probably, the, uh, hands down, some of the best acting ever in the history of television. I mean, just his little subtleties and nuances. Um, it's it, The show is so good, and I haven't watched it, I, and I haven't gone to season four, you know, when, when Mitch and Lucy got married. I haven't gotten there yet, but... Um, I agree with you, Lee. Also, as the character of Lucy, you know, I was so young when I started. And then as as Charlene got older and as Lucy got older, they didn't know what to They didn't know how to make that transition from teenager yeah. to young womanhood. They didn't that, know what to yeah. do with me. See, I thought you really could have, because I think that Mitch's thing was, I wanted you to, you know, from my conceit to grow up, you know, in a sense, take responsibility. But that to me could have been this whole dynamic about coming into womanhood and, you know, in a sense, into true power as a woman, you know, rather than being ordered, you know, it would have been transformational for both of us. And I agree with you. I think like when you talk about like JR and whatnot, I think that the spine of the show was really well articulated do you know and i think that 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 some of the problems were like with us i do think they just didn't quite know how to make the next step do you know and i wish i had been more proactive but i at that time of my i always thought well i'll let the writers write you know the producers produce and i'll act you know rather than rolling up my sleeves and going um well what if we did this which i probably would have done had i been a bit older but do you know it's it's you live and learn because uh, I, I think there's a lot of potential. What's interesting, what you're saying, though, is that is interesting. I bet they would have listened to you because 
Dallas did touch on some things. For example, when Lucy was going to, was engaged to marry Kit Mainwaring, who had to come out of the closet and confess to her and say, I love you, Lucy. I can't marry you because I love you and I am gay and it's not fair. And I, and I, I got to go back in the closet. And I said, you know, and, and that was so ahead of its time. Or when yeah. Lucy was raped and, and, and got pregnant and had an abortion. I mean, those things back then were not dealt with. So Lee, I think, yeah. had you spoken up, um, he, they might have actually listened to you because yeah. even though the climate was different then as far as women uh, and the women's, the woman's place and where does a woman go, I don't know. They might have listened to you. They could have yeah. dragged yeah, this yeah, into you and yeah. yeah. I, that's what I wanted. I wanted them to put Lucy right. into Ewing Oil somehow. It would have been amazing. Lucy come in and be like a badass, you know? I, yeah. like, Lucy ended up with uh, 25%, I think, of, of right. Ewing Oil, and they just ignored it for the rest of the Right. The, I know. They could have done such yeah, a great thing. You could have been like. Uh, Nicolette Sheridan's character on Knott's Landing more in the business sense mm-hmm. and gotten yourself into a lot of the storylines that way. I mean, you had, you had, you controlled yeah. your father's voting rights. And you would have been married to a rich doctor. It would have all worked out perfect, but I don't, <laughs> like you said, I don't think they knew how to, they, they didn't. And they I, did, I, I did that with several show. characters, but yeah. Lucy was the worst. And where was Mitch after yeah, Pam's accident? I think they kept her. They, they, had, they had a framework for the maturity of your character. Do you know? And I think that that's what it really you could have continued to really take on more and more as you did, just as you say storyline with with rape and whatnot. But I, it's it's so interesting what you know looking back now in retrospective because it, it is done. But it's intriguing to think about all of the. Uh, the things that went into the decisions and, you know, and, and what was paid attention to. I will so. say, though, us jumping in the pool was pretty darn cute. It was, it was adorable. adorable. Yeah, that, that was very yeah. sweet. That was a, that was a chill box scene. A, yeah. a little yeah. side note, in, in the Return to South Fork that you produced with Henry Winkler in 2004, uh-huh. it was a scene where they said you yeah. had never been thrown in the pool, but Bobby threw you in a few episodes earlier when you were asking about what yeah, to do. Yeah, we just with, watched it from season four. What to do about, <laughs> you know, you were always asking everybody's advice about Mitch and everything. And Bobby said, do what you feel. Like right now, I feel like throwing you in the pool. And he picked you up and threw you in the I pool. I remember that. <laughs> I remember. Oops. Who oh, well. didn't end up in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's in the drinking game. <laughs> what was the dynamic there between JR and Lucy? Why? Did they hate each other so much? I could never figure out why and he cared so much about Lucy. Like, it was... Like, why he... Yeah, like, he didn't... Well, 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 like, not, you know, like, why he was so, like... You know, like, he'd try to interfere. Like, well, she's not doing this, she's not doing that. And it's like, it, you're... She's not yours. Like... Because Gary... Gary Ewing, the, the middle brother, Lucy's father... JR had in his mind was Miss Allie's favorite son. And me being there was a constant reminder of Gary. And Larry Hagman said this early on, one of the, I think it was our first season. And 
there's a scene by the pool and I'm in a little pink bikini <laughs> and I have words with JR and I walk away and JR just starts leering at me, you know, with those eyebrows oh. his, and he's, and he's like leering after me less for, and Irving Moore, the director goes, cut. Larry does the same thing, starts walking me, watch. And Larry said that's when he really found how low JR could go. He, and they kept him in the show. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you watch him watching Lucy walk away, like lustfully. <laughs> yeah. But he said that was the minute he knew. He was leering at Pam in the pool in one episode during the sitting by the pool. Yeah. Josh, this is like, uh, yeah, I know. But Larry told me that he said, that's when I knew that JR had no limits. That's awesome. I love that. Wow. So in a scene coming up, Gary and Val arrive at the airport and, um, it's interesting in this episode that we never see a scene of Gary and Val interacting with Mitch. Yep, that one. And this ha- this happens to be... They, they talk about how excited they are to meet Mitch, and then they never actually meet Mitch, at least not on camera. And it happens to be Valine's last episode uh, in reality until 2013 at South Fork. Yeah, talk about... Uh, Joan and Ted. I mean, obviously, Charlene, you had a relationship working with them, and you you went on to Knott's Landing for an episode as well. Um, Was there any talk of showing up more on Knott's Landing? Because all this time, they had Lucy looking for her parents, and then finally they get back together. They're out in California, and one episode, and that's it. I know. Um, what, fans of Knott's Landing used to ask all the time, ask David Jacobs, where's Lucy? And I, it, it just ended up becoming completely separate, so I, don't, I have no answers. Um, do you want to go to the next scene? Bride. Yes. So, Ellen, thank you. 
Then would you put this on? Sure, darling. Here. Dress it there. There you go. <laughs> okay. It's time, baby. Oh. I love you, Mama. There's no real. <laughs> How southern are these bridesmaid dresses? Don't make fun, Melanie. I'm not. They're just adorable. Obviously, a soundstage at this point. <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. the most soundstagey scene I've ever seen on the show. <laughs> I very much noticed Lucy's uh, tan pantyhose. Very tan. <laughs> <laughs> that 80s hair. <laughs> and there you are with Ted. I think Ted Shackleford is so handsome. I just said that out loud. <laughs> well, this one looks exactly like my father-in-law, so I, it's that's. Oh, weird I saw that picture. That you, yeah, it's a weird take for me. people used to come up to him. <laughs> so this was obviously the first wedding on the show. Oh yeah, the first of many. <laughs> beloved, we are gathered together here in the sight of God and in the face of this company to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony. And to this holy estate, these two persons present now come to be joined. Any man can show just cause why they may not lawfully be joined together. Let him now Alan Beam stands up in the back of the wedding. <laughs> are so cute, like a Barbie and Ken doll. This woman to be mm -hmm. your wedded wife. Absolutely adorable. And do you they come on the top of the cake. To be her faithful yeah. and loving husband in sickness and in health, in prosperity and in adversity, and through every change and condition in life until death do you part. And do you, Lucianne? Take this man to be well, your even, Oh, I was thinking, Jerry, even Ooh, like... Oh, naughty, naughty. After him, JR's eyeing the kinfolk. Then in accordance <laughs> with your solemn promise made to each other, having signified and sealed the same by the given and receiving Ooh. of a ring, now, therefore, by my authority as a man, everybody's eyeing those wandering eyeballs me by the great state of Texas. I now pronounce you man and wife. Wow. Oh. 
pause it right there, right on the logo. <laughs> so that was the first wedding uh, on the show. Charlene, you had an interesting story about something that happened on the way to filming. Uh, yes. Um, well, let me tell you, three days before the wedding, I'm, I'm at a restaurant. And Lee, I don't know if you remember, um, Steve Martin and Bernadette Peters were filming the movie Pennies from Heaven um, at the soundstage across from us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's right. a big musical. And yeah. I had run into them. They were at a restaurant. And they said, yeah, we saw you, you know, um, you know, come over and watch us filming. I go, oh, God, look, oh, my gosh, we're doing this big wedding and we're going to have crane and everything and all these extras. And I, and I went on and on about this big spectacular. So I go to their set. There's like 5,000 cranes. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I was doing a full-fledged musical, you know, with the, the dancers on the ceiling and everything else. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> so that was three days before the me and my big mouth, and then um, on the way to the filming the actual wedding, um, I, I knew there were a lot of people, and so I just decided to get there to the set early. And I was in a horrible car accident. Somebody ran a red light and T-boned me on the on the passenger side, and um, I was unconscious and I was bruised and battered, but. They, they were gonna. The ambulance came. They were gonna take me to, to the to Cedar Sinai Hospital. I said, no, you gotta take me to MGM Studios. It was like I was like really like I was I, I was really delusional. I said, no, I'm getting married. And they really thought I was crazy. Oh, no, no, I gotta go film this. They can't. We can't postpone this day. You gotta take me. So they did. They, but yeah, I was, I was, I, I can see it in my face, like walking down the aisle with Ted. I was like this. I was, I was in really bad shape. And that they had the, do they had two doctors staying with me that whole day. They just kind of kept me off to the corner, kept taking my blood pressure and checking my heart and all that. that that's some good work ethic. <laughs> really? Dang. <laughs> Very dedicated. <laughs> Whoa. Could you imagine? I mean, Oh my gosh. That yeah. never would have flown now. It'd be all like, and against medical advice, blah, blah. We're taking you. We're taking you. <laughs> I would have been like, I would have been like, from Scott. Oh, God. <laughs> but Victoria, because my, because my car was totaled and, you know, they were going to have a driver, Victoria said, no, honey. Um, so she she took me home and, and I stayed at her house. She goes, I don't, I don't want you spending the night. You oh. got a concussion. I want to make sure. So I went to her house and stayed, with, stayed the night with her. And, I'm glad she someone was looking after you. That could have been bad. Yeah. Well, I think we yeah. end up looking after each other, having some wine or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. I, love fun, I love fun facts. Do you uh, happen to remember what kind of car it was that you totaled? Yes, my white Mercedes. Ugh. You loved the car, didn't you? <laughs> that yes. always happens. You always wreck the favorites. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I, 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 I was watching the scene remembering... The thing about the wedding is those are never much fun for the actors because people stand around and stand around and stand around. And then you get right. a chance to be on film and you say, I do. Or, <laughs> yes, or do. look at her or whatever it is. 
And 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 in those days, speaking of wine, I just remember a lot of the people's eyes you might notice were a little glazed because there was a, a there was a hefty lunch put it that yes. way, and most people had nothing to say, which prompted a type of well, maybe I'll have a second glass. Well, I, I actually I actually remember it was actually ten years ago today, Charlene, that we were filming. Uh, I was an extra in the episode where they did the. Uh, the barbecue on the new show where Bobby was se yeah. selling the ranch. Uh -huh. And uh, I just remember the whole process and of being on there from 6 a.m. till after 6 p.m. And most of your scenes wind up on the cutting room floor. And um, I'm not sure a lot of the fans out there know what goes into filming these large scenes like this. It's glamorous. It's glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, exactly. And, yeah. and that happened to be a very cold day because uh, I remember they had all the all the jackets everyone was wearing. Julie Gonzalo, everybody, they would just take them off at the last second. But describe for the just for the listeners out there the process of such a large scale scene. And were they fun having all the cast together, or was it too much work, or was it just? It, uh, I, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you're, you're basically called to sets. So everyone is in different places and then everyone sort of aggregate, congregates. And most of that is just trying to get it right because there are so many bodies. It's sort of, it's sort of like really just trying to uh, uh, hit your marks and, 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 and get it done. I mean, that's, especially like when, when you read a scene, you look at a scene, like there are 14 people at a dinner table. That's, that's, it, it usually looks fun on screen, but making those types of scenes are, um, oftentimes really just, uh, like, you know, just, just it's molasses, you know, it's going to be, you do it. And that's what the wedding, I remember the wedding took a long time to do. So, you know, it, it's that's where your professionalism kicks in and goes. Well, it's my job. <laughs> I'll do it. And, you know, I know and, a show uh, that did a lot of that sort of thing was uh, I don't know if you were all familiar with Saint Elsewhere when that was on the air in the eighties. Oh yeah, they had a lot of yeah. scenes in the hospital that overlapped each other and went in and out of the cafeteria, and the camera would just swing and follow different people, and it, it seemed like they didn't cut yeah. uh, for maybe four different scenes and they'd end up on the other side of the building. So it's just a lot of coordinating that must've gone into that. That almost sounds like how they ended up doing the West wing. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, space, right. Where they're just yeah. using one camera catching. Yeah. And I, I think that that's why a lot of it is um, like, like a wedding, you're, you know, you're sort of standing there or, you know, you have this very sort of almost uh, regimented thing. A lot of times it, it's interesting with Steadicam because if somebody, you know, you are trying to stay within the life of the, the character within these different. So it's a very interesting demand. You know, I, I don't think it's a it, it's almost like that's what I find and always found interesting as, as a performer was uh, re really just the unique demands of, 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 you know, sort of being professionally showing up and doing uh, what was needed without, uh, in a way, just trying to keep it smooth, to keep it, it moving. You know, do you remember you were? I didn't know you were so injured, uh, Charlene. I don't, I you know, it's been so long, maybe I did then, but that's really terrible. That's just been very horrifying about being uh, in that accident. Oh, yeah, it was, it was 
Well, you know, I, that day, I mean, I, I didn't go around telling anybody. I just was off to the corner. They had me with two doctors the whole day. And just they just kept monitoring me. And Was that a hard day? I, I mean, it was a hard day physically. Was it then was it even more hard to get the energy to perform? You know, oddly enough, just because, like you said, it was just mainly sitting around and waiting and treating right. everyone, you know, and then just walk down the aisle and say I do. And so, but yeah, it was just, it was just crazy, crazy timing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to say you did, you did look beautiful. We do look like the, the images on the top of the wedding cake. Yes. You know, I see. You, you totally see, do. Ken, Ken and Barbie. So Barbie and Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bride and groom. I, I just, um, it, and it's, I won't go into the story, but it's a funny symbol in my life. I have to say it's this, it has, a, it's, it wouldn't make sense to tell the story, but I, I really love to be able to look back and go, there was that moment they captured with us. And in a, in a time, as we know, where Dallas, because of that time in the 80s, was before there were all of the channels. So there was this real focus. You know, it was no wedding. It was like uh, Luke and Laura, right? And then wow. Mitch and, Mitch <laughs> and uh, uh, Lucy, and, you know. <laughs> so yeah. somewhere there's that, the, the, the Uber weddings where millions want. <laughs> In, this was in, one of them. Uh, yeah, obviously, we, I wanted to touch on uh, Jim Davis. Um, obviously, he oh. was starting to so take on symptoms of his illness at the time that you can kind of tell in the filming. What was what was it like on set oh. there, and just being Jim's presence, and what you remember about that time period? If one of my my one thing that I'm very grateful for was that I was there for a season, his last season, because he died at the end, and the funeral was for for Jim. And I, I feel so honored to have you know. And I asked him, I said, because he and his wife were really beautiful, and they they really were sort of the heart of everything. I mean, everyone loved her. He was, and and his wife too. They were just like everyone's you know parents. They were so beautiful, and they'd lost their daughter, and you know. So there was this whole just bonding of deep empathy with Jim and his wife, and 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 he was the soul of the thing. I mean, I really did. I felt that he was the soul of of the show when I when I when I came on it because you know, and I said to him, I said, you know, well, well, how do you feel about what's going on? Because you know, he's wearing a wig, and he would you know, he'd be off and. And, and he said, he said, listen, you know, I'll tell you, kid, he goes, he goes, I've been a lot of different things, had a lot of different points in my career. He said, it's great to go out on top. And it was this is beautiful sense. It's great to go out on top. You know, he, he loved that, that where he had arrived at the end of his life was this family because he loved Charlene. He loved all the the the, the family cast. You know, and I felt I felt honored to be in his presence. Just I felt that he had that uh, that that patina and depth, that that gravitas, that just was a different kind of man altogether. You know, uh, and you really went, I, wow! Glad I had a chance. No way. Wait, you know, rewatching as I started rewatching the show, and I commented on how wonderful Larry Hagman was. I have to tell you, Jim Davis as well. Nice. Truly, one of the 
greatest actors yeah. I've ever watched. And, yeah. you know, so maybe I, I don't know. I, I was so close with he and his wife, Blanche. And um, yeah. they had lost their, their daughter. Tara was um, sadly killed in a car accident when she was 17. So when I, I met Jim when I was 17 and um, we would talk and we were having dinner. It was just he and I at the hotel that we were staying at. And he said, you know, you remind me of my daughter. I said, oh, well, what's her name? He said, well, her name was Tara. She was your age. And I went, and he said, I always reminded him of her. And it was just, I don't know. It was Beautiful. just an interesting but yeah. I agree with you, uh, Lee. He was the soul. Yeah. He was the soul. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was a deep anchor. I don't know. You know, there, there's yes. those beings that are deep anchors, and everyone feels it. It's almost like you're on ship with a captain that you go, he's going to get us there. And there yes. are actors that are that way, too. And he was one of them. You know, when you perform with him, uh, uh, I could go through a list of, of these beings that. It's just an energy. It's a quality that, almost like a gym, it was salt of the earth. He was a man of integrity. He didn't BS. He told, I mean, I just, oh, what a man. What a real man. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's, it's touching my heart. I know, it's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wonderful to hear. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Lee, I, th I think you had mentioned uh, to Mary at one point that you, someone said, "Oh, Mitch had an affair or something like that," and you didn't remember it. And what? Oh yeah, you said oh, on the email. Oh. It, it was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, someone I I was reading one of the fan things, and, and it said, "Well, when Mitch had the affair with the older woman," and I'm going, "I had an affair with an older woman." I could not remember. I thought. Dylan Michelson, played by Patty McCormick from the yes. Bad Seed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Patty McCormick. But did I? But did I? Did I, I, I don't think. I don't did. know that you consummated I, anything, but you did. I couldn't. Uh, no, it just seems the little no, character that I had. It seems out of it. <laughs> the, uh, you didn't. But I remember. But I remember saying. Mitch, go for it. It's Patty McCormick. <laughs> you don't know what she's going to yes. do to you if you don't do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. She's yes. an icon. Yes. He slipped and fell down the stairs. <laughs> Oops. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say really quick, uh, I'm so happy that y'all came on, and I'm just the biggest fans ever. I know y'all probably hear that all the time. And I'm not trying to be rude at all, but I have to go. Today's my anniversary, and my husband has texted me 17,000 times and said, we have reservations in 25 minutes and i was like so i'm gonna let everybody else close out but i wanted to tell y'all thank you so much can, can, can I, so you're, you're celebrating your anniversary but on the on this wedding show your this is your wedding anniversary two years it is. Well, I like that. I like that secret or Saint Christmas. This is my second husband. I hope this one sticks. It, it, I'm just kidding. It, he will. <laughs> which brings us, Charlie, into the uh, Lucy's proclaimed South Fork wedding jinx. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, thank y'all so much, and I hope thank to meet y'all one day again, or you know, 
and sometimes. But thank you again for coming on. Right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you think Lucy and Mitch should have been endgame with each other, or was there just yes. too much Obviously. baggage and stuff? Well, we got remarried, and then what happened? That was episode. That was season seven. And then you came back because he was too busy at the hospital to have time for her. A few seasons later. Oh, good lord, Lucy! <laughs> I tell you, you came back, and you were producing that that thing that Sue Ellen was doing to get back at Jr. And then you oh. that, that movie. Then you ran off to Europe with uh, Liz Taylor's son, Michael Wilding. Wasn't he something? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Wilding, yeah. Where, where he was after Callie, right? Where yep. where do you see the these characters at this? If they were to be shown in twenty twenty one, where would they? Where would Mitch be, and where up. would Lucy okay. be? Sitting yeah. here talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in Nashville <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> Lucy's musical career took off. Plot twist. Yes, finally. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Who who was actually singing in that episode? Was it you or was it? Yes. Okay. With the Greg Evans. Yes. Yes. Sadly. Okay. Because I I met. It was. Uh, oh, cool. I met um, Kate Mulgrew, and we talked about her episode where she was singing too and she's like god they made me some singer and i had had an affair and blah 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 what the hell were they thinking (laughs) so i was just wondering if everyone did their own singing i mean yeah so you know i I was thinking i know where mitch would be now as i said mitch would have become doctors without borders ends up in india doing reconstructive surgery Ends up falling in love with an Indian woman and living there happily, but he died five years ago, unfortunately. So, you know, but he was a good life. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. I can see that too, yeah. Where yeah. was, where was nice. Mitch when Pam needed plastic surgery after that accident? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Um, oh, so, Charlene, it's, I just want to say, Charlene, you can use something. No, you don't need anything. <laughs> Charlene, where's home for you? I'm in Nashville. Oh, okay. Wonderful. How long have you been there? Five years now. Five years. Do you like it? I love it here. Yeah, I cherish my daughter. Got a a record deal five years and the record label put her out here in a one bedroom apartment. So I came to stay with her in her apartment so I could walk the dog, do the laundry and you know, all that stuff while she was recording and writing and playing out. And, and yeah. And one point she said, what did, I think I'm gonna have to move here. What would you think? And I went, all right, let's do it. And so I just, oh, how wonderful. By the way, congratulations, Mama. Your daughter's so talented and, and hey. beautiful and takes after her mama. And I just so wanted sweet. to say I see that on Facebook and posts and I just I'm just so it's just lovely to see the the continuation and sort of the celebration because we're close to our grandkids too. And I feel like Isn't that's it the best. Uh, like it's, uh, it's your what is your little grandbaby's Leighton? Leighton is our granddaughter, and then um, Caitlin had a little grandson. So we have a grandson now, and his name is Theo. Yeah, he's four months now. So he's right, okay. And he's turning three years old 
uh, on on November 20th, and she was born uh, nine days after the fire hit us in Malibu, the Woolsey Fire. So her middle name is Phoenix because she was the first baby born after our, our entire community was devastated. Phoenix by the rising, rising out of the ashes. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but she is adorable. She is so, that little um, that curly head of hair. She I, I mean, she's she's defines precocious. I, I, I look at her. And actually, I don't know about the rest of the, we can get into the talk, but I, what's so beautiful to see is that it gives me confidence. I call it generational optimism. Do you know, in a way, we always see the world falling apart and going, oh, was that a bad idea or what? But then you see this continual flow, and it really reminds you, these are the things that matter. This love matters. Do you know, this yeah. it makes it right. This gives you the hub around which the craziness of the world can turn, but... You really do yep. see how you're 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 passing it on, and I just I love to see like with your daughter. I love to see this also this this lineage of, of talent of of storytelling of, of of performing. Do you know that that it's it's a deeper tradition than just us alone? And I think celebrity makes people feel very alone as opposed to part of a troupe, and family gives yeah. you that sense. You know, yeah. you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I'm glad this troupe is together tonight. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Ewing Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Y'all come back now. Bye. <laughs> Y'all. Thank my gosh, you so much. God bless. Thank you, Charlene and Lee. Bless. I have Thank nothing witty to say again this week. Next on Dallas. Hello, JR. Leslie Stewart, my brother J.R. Ewing. How do you do? Hello. You may be back at the helm of you and all, but as a power in Dallas, you're finished. I wish we were both back in college and there was an OJR. So if he seeks affection and sex somewhere else, then why shouldn't I? And why shouldn't you? They're all saying that J.R. Ewing's on the way out. Well, I'm determined to make you number one again. I'll drink that.